0: To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Is oh, it yeah. that 200-inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Uh, new episode of Eastman's Elevated here. So this week on the podcast, I have back on my buddy, Dan Heverin. Uh, Dan's a good friend of mine and so we end up recording a lot of podcasts together because we hunt a lot together and uh, he's just a, a great friend and a great hunting partner and, and really knowledgeable and great instincts and so we recorded this right in the middle of our Idaho hunt so we're five days into it uh, we're still hunting deer and we took a break and the uh, in the middle of the heat, middle of the day, and, and sit down in the truck and record a podcast. So so this is a fun one. We get to talk about what's happening in the beginning of the hunt, uh, where we're at, where our mood's at, and and what our plan is for the end of the hunt. There's a, a bunch of really good tips and tactics mixed in, and and then you get to hear about what went on in, in Idaho in, in real time. So this was a fun one for me. Um, today's sponsor for the show is Matthews Bows. Um, So I use the Matthews on this Idaho hunt. Man, this bow has been shooting good for me. I'm shooting the Matthews Halon 32 and a six inch brace. And uh, this thing has just been lights out. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really getting used to the Matthews brand. This is the second one I've had and the, the second year I've used it. And uh, it's just shooting really good for me. Every day I go out and on my practice sessions and and uh, throw arrows down range. And it's just amazing the the groups I'm getting, the accuracy, and the forgiveness. And, and going to that 6-inch brace, I'm getting so much more performance out of my bow. And shooting a 450-grain a arrow um you you know at at higher speeds and probably the fastest bow I've ever shot but I I just can't say enough good things about Matthews and the bows they're putting putting out and and the forgiveness of them and, and and they really shoot well I'm really excited about it so thanks for Matthews for sponsoring the show um over there at Eastman's um so we've got the new Eastman's bow hunting journal just came out in fact I just grabbed it from the mailbox and and I've got an article in there um, about advanced stocking tips. Uh, I'm really proud of it. It's got some great tips, start to finish, uh, about spot and stocking and, and just different theories on on animals and how to move in close. Uh, I also had another article I worked on uh, with Dan Picard, a really fun one, 3-fletch uh, versus 4-fletch. Um, so we kind of go back and forth and give her our opinions on on why we use what fletching setup we use and and why. And then I saw another one in there about backcountry safety. I haven't got into it or, or read it yet, but um, that looks like a really good one. Making sure that we're all keeping safe out there. Um, you know, accidents can happen and things can happen, and it's something that's that's got to be you know on our minds constantly on these backcountry hunts and. In fact, I'm I'm hunting now. I've got one of my buddies over from Hawaii and another one of my buddies from Hawaii, uh, Sean, that was on the podcast. Um, he went hunting some extreme country there in Hawaii and um, he had to share his water with a buddy that forgot to bring his water. And you know, I don't know that's, if that's what did it, but Sean's just in excellent shape and a great hunter and, and can just go for miles and miles. But he he got really sick, like um, almost liver failure, and he's still in the hospital now. Um, just our thoughts are with him as I have one of his Hawaii buddies out here hunting with me now. And it, it seems like he's on the mend and getting better and, and kidneys are working good and liver's working good. But, man, I mean, accidents can just happen quick. So, anyways, that that backcountry safety article is a good one to read. And, and something we all need to think about as we all have to, to come home to hunt another day and a responsibility to our families. And so, um, with this latest thing with Sean, it's really been on my mind. And, and just pulling for him to make a full and, and speedy recovery. And and uh man, he just like he's such a good guy. Um he'd just do anything for you. And so uh we're all thinking about him and getting updates daily and and so hopefully he keeps recovering. Um and with that, uh, let's get this podcast rolling. So uh me and Dan in Idaho, um we're hunting mule deer and uh Eastman's Elevated, here we go. Okay, I'm live here with my buddy Dan. We're in Idaho right in the middle of our hunt right now. Um Dan, how's it going? 95 degree heat, huh?
1: Yeah, it's hot out here. Hot and still. Yeah, kind of miserable, actually. (laughs) Yeah,
0: so we're in the middle of our hunt. We're uh, day five or so, and uh, still hunting bucks. We've hunted a couple different units, and we kind of ended up in this unit, hunted this morning, and we're just trying to figure it out, so we're waiting for this afternoon. I think we got a good game plan for this afternoon.
1: Yeah, I think we got a good, good idea ahead of us, good vantage point, be able to see a lot of different country, open up the mountain range to us a little bit.
0: Yep. Um, For sure. Yeah. Get on that good master vantage tonight and look over this whole range there. There's got to be a buck come out there. And so um, let's see, we started our hunt. uh, We've had a rough time here in Idaho. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It hasn't been one of our easier hunts, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we're used to going all over and hunting mule deer and we both live in montana but we've hunted uh colorado nevada uh, new mexico arizona utah i name it and and for mule deer we probably hunted it um so this year we didn't draw any tags we went for idaho a state that we've never hunted and just tried to learn it
1: yep yeah get a couple ideas um look at a few maps and and google earth it and you had a you scouted it a couple times i think and uh, had a couple different ideas and uh, different opinions out there of where to go and what units to try you know we're kind of limited with a uh, over-the-counter tag, but uh, there's a lot of lot of units available.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of units available, and yeah, I mean, the scouting, uh, all the country looked great, and the, the country we've been in this trip has looked great, but mm-hmm. yeah, scouted a couple areas, didn't really see the numbers or the quality that we wanted to see, and so setting out on this, we just had enough days and, and go with our bows, and uh, I convinced you, you're uh, going to video for me for the for the first part of the hunt. My computer's making noises at me, but everything's still working here um so yeah you were going to video for me for yeah. eastman's which was just great really helped me out man that was just awesome you committed to that yeah it was a blast
1: you know i never really done it before so it was good uh, learning experience for me and uh, you know good to help you out you know and then having a tag in my pocket you never know what might happen yeah
0: so then we have a tag and and then we'll we'll switch off so we started off the hunt and we had different ideas of where we were going to head a couple different units we were going to check out and So we started off in one high country unit. Well, I guess to start the trip, we just got in and we were driving up, and some of the lowland country looked pretty good. There was a lot of alfalfa down there and some desert terrain, and... So we figured we'd just pull off and just throw our glass up on the hillside and see what we could see in the shadows. I think you picked out an elk or something yeah, there. Like,
1: yeah, there's one cow. You know, there's a lot of public land. Yeah, a lot of public. public land. So it's actually kind of cool. So it's like you got to take advantage of the public right off the hayfields. And, you know, in Montana, you know, any hayfield pretty much that's privately owned is going to have a deer or two in it. It's just yeah. the way it is.
0: Well, and we're flexible. We can yeah. hunt anywhere from the desert to the high country, and that's kind of the way we went about this hunt is we could hunt anywhere where we found deer.
1: Yep, exactly. You know, we don't care what the experience was. You know, um, chasing chasing bucks around with the camera and the bow in hand. I mean, who cares if it's high or low? It, it don't matter. It'd be yep. fun. You know, fun either way. So yeah, it was just pull off the side of the road. You know, let's let glass this. You know, we're on public. That's you know, both sides road public. That right outside the hayfields public. So it's like we might as well start glassing. We're in the hills.
0: Yep. So uh, we pulled off, glass a little bit. Like I said, I think you saw an elk. There were some gorgeous ribbon cliffs in there yeah. that I thought there might be a muley buck bedded under and. Then I went to start my truck, and the thing was dead, The <laughs> <laughs> dead battery, and it actually happened in about the best spot it could happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were a few miles out of town. Uh, we still had cell phone service, luckily, um, but yeah, we were, yeah, a few miles out of town and 90-degree uh, weather and no uh, no truck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no truck, so that was the start of our trip after getting down here, and so uh, we finally flagged down a guy after yeah. I could have been more than 30 minutes or so, uh, you know, and one, one rig drove by us yeah. all the way as we were Didn't waving the yeah, <laughs> hood up and the whole deal, but no big deal. Uh, This guy stopped, gave us a jump, uh, went back into town, changed out the battery and back out. But a guy should really have one of those battery jumpers with him. I think I will on every trip because we use our truck as a home base a lot of times, and you just take it for granted that it's always going to start and always going to go. But if it doesn't, man, oh, man, you could be miles from the nearest help or town or ride or even cell phone service.
1: I think it's easy to do. I mean, imagine getting all your gear out first thing in the morning. You know, It's still dark. You're grabbing all your gear and make sure everything's good to go. You know, lock your truck, and you left you you know the the lights on in the in inside the truck, or you leave something on, or or you know you're sitting in the truck, you listening to the radio too long or something, you don't even think about it. You go to shut your key off and hide your key and and hike, and you you know you're gone for four or five days. You come back to your truck just exhausted. All you want to do is get on the road, get a burger and a beer, and uh, your truck's dead. Yeah, can and you know it? and you know you don't have cell phone service in 90% of your places you hunt. I and, know it. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think one of those jumper things is a good idea. Uh, I run one in my Razor all the time just to make sure um, you, get a, you get a long ways back and battery goes dead, and, and uh, so it, it'll jump it, You know, a few times out in the field. Uh, I wouldn't rely on it, but at the same time, it's better than nothing.
0: Yeah. Oh, just like a backup, even if it was just one jump. And they make them yep. pretty small nowadays, where you don't got to carry this huge piece of machine. <laughs> a whole other battery re- with you. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> but we got we went and got the battery changed out. And uh, lucky, luckily enough, that's what it was. I, I hate playing that game. Is it the yeah. b- battery or the alternator? Yeah, exactly. It seems like when you have power problems, that's always the game you're playing. But uh, yeah, so we got a new battery in it. So then we were off on our hunt. And so... Uh, we headed towards some high country, just kind of looking along the way at the lower stuff as we went. High country is really our specialty. That's where we, we've hunted a lot of different bucks and where we found a lot of our bigger deer that we've harvested.
1: Yeah, some great bucks in the high country. You know, we get we get to hunt pretty much all of it, and 90% of it's going to be all public, which is... Did you get him? I think I got him. We had a fly <laughs> buzzing around in the truck here, so
0: we're just in the truck. We got wires going everywhere, oh, yeah. just trying mess. to record just mid hunt. We just cut this afternoon free, uh, but yeah, you were you were saying the yeah. high country is where yeah, we do get. Yeah, you go. know, it's
1: public land. Uh, usually, you don't run into a whole lot of guys. You know, it's. Uh, it's pretty difficult, you know, this this weather and the terrain to grab your backpack, put all your food, your water, all your gear in it. I mean, you're you're running forty pound, forty five pound pack, and you're you're putting six, you know, six eight ten miles in to get gain an elevation. I mean, I think you and I gained probably close to two, 2,500 feet in elevation. Probably, I mean, it was it was a pull to get
0: in. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I think we went pretty light too, but yeah. we did have the camera. We're trying to capture the whole yep. hunt and extra batteries and things you normally wouldn't pack in there. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. Just a shade under 40 pounds somewhere in there, yep. but yeah, it was a pole in there and quite a few miles. And usually that, that hard work gets you away from the people and it's, you know, it you you can walk in there, but you start putting weight on your back and start doing that elevation. It gets tough quick and oh, then yeah. the heat and the whole deal.
1: Yeah, it's tough on a guy, tough on your feet. Come to find out, it's really tough on your feet on this trip for some reason. The train's a little, you know, a lot of rocks, a lot of loose rocks. It was uh, just a little bit different, you know. Uh, every place is a little bit different. Lots of water in the high country, which is really cool to see, but it was extremely dry, if that yeah. makes sense. There's springs, there's ponds, there's lakes, but everywhere else, I mean, there hasn't been any precip very much. You, you can tell it's just super dry. The ground's cracked, and it's just super dry
0: up there. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, a lot of moisture. I don't know if it's from the snowmelt or springs, but there's a lot of cricks yeah. coming down and things. But you get up in there, and it's it's really dry high country. You yeah. know, there it 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 didn't really have a bunch of the lush feet or anything. It did have good feed in places and, and good basins in there, but. We got in there and started cruising around. We had to work pretty hard. I think it took us a couple of days before we even saw our first buck. Yeah, or deer. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh,
1: yeah, we had one place that we saw a ton of elk, um, you know, ton of elk, ton of antelope. Everything was good there, and it looked like great country. You know, moving around, we just didn't see the numbers, so, you know pack up, move, hike back into a different place. And finally, we did start seeing bucks.
0: We, oh, we that's did. right. I skipped ahead. So, we checked out that high yeah, country the, the unit. First one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we saw a bunch of elk in there. Yeah. There was, was. that's a good elk spot. It's yeah. a general unit. Uh kind of wishing we traded in our deer tags know. for elk tags at that point. We'd seen a couple bulls up there and in really good numbers.
1: Yeah, bunch of elk, bunch yeah. of cows. Um I think the I think you even you watched one it was bugling way up high. Um, yeah, it was cool. There's there elk from one side to the other pretty much down in the bottoms way up on top. Yeah, it was really cool. Yep. Great to see that the numbers up there. And then the weird part, you know, like what you and I haven't really witnessed before is those antelope on the very top of the mountains with the goats.
0: Oh, that's right. That was weird. Yeah. Well, and I, I've seen them up on top of the gravelies but that's more like rolling grasslands where yeah. you'd almost expect to see an antelope. This was almost like gnarly peaks yeah. where there was a mountain goat. To, at the same elevation yep. as these, uh, as the antelope.
1: Yeah, good numbers of antelope, too. Yeah, they were on the top
0: of the mountain, which was wild up yeah. there, and, and there was a lot of low country, where we did pick out a few antelope down and through there, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that big herd was way up on top of that gnarly peak, which I had never seen that. Yeah,
1: exactly, and we we did. We glassed it really good. We got a really good vantage point. Um, you know, Our vantage point from the truck was really good. We walked out and, and got another vantage point, and I felt like we covered it. We covered it with the binos. We covered it with the scopes, and when we saw... I mean, I think we saw everything. We saw all the elk, pretty much. I mean, we saw tons of elk. We saw tons of antelope. We saw the mountain goats. We saw, but I think we pretty much covered it. You know, we saw a couple does in there. So therefore, we, we, we glassed it really, really well. If there was mealy bucks in there, we probably would have seen them. Yes. You know, I mean, we glass pretty hard and pretty good at it, so
0: yeah, pretty effectively. Yeah, exactly. at the right times too. Yeah,
1: and it just, it just, it wasn't what we wanted. It wasn't what we thought we were going to run into. It was just kind of weird. You know, it's like, man, there should be a muley up on that feature, and there just, there just wasn't. Mm-hmm. So really low numbers, uh, low numbers of deer driving in. You didn't see the does bumping them off the road when it was dark driving in, or, or even around the hayfields. You just, we just didn't see the the muleys. We didn't see the whitetail or the or the muleys.
0: Yeah, low numbers, and so. We jumped ship and figured that's, you know, we don't want to be here. we got to get into the deer. Yep. Let's move to the to the next spot. And we moved to the next spot where, you know, I'd, I had a buddy that, that recommended a mountain range with, you know, and good friends and having a network of guys that you can trust. And, I mean, he gave us a good tip on this mountain range and yeah. said that there's decent deer numbers in there. And so... We went into this range and uh, we looked at it on, on Google Earth and on maps and kind of figured out where we wanted to be. And then we, we went in there and we went in super light. We went yep. in about as light as we could go. Like I say, we still had camera gear and batteries. We and figured
1: like either an overnighter or like maybe two nights up there. That's what we figured. Yep. Like let's just go up there, let's check it out, put some miles on and just and just see if this is the box where we want to hang out. Yep. And, and so, yeah, packing light, you know, which is difficult with two bows and, you know, your tent, your bag, uh, the camera gear, the batteries. I mean,
0: there's, you know, you can pack the light as you want, but it's still going to be quite a bit of weight well, on you. Well, in muley hunting, we always got to have a scope and a tripod. Oh, yeah. Usually we both have one. This time yep. we shared one yep. and tried to split the weight a little bit. And I think, you know, we said overnight or two days. We had that option, but we also had the option to be in there for three days, yeah. and then the way me and you go, you know, we get in there, and if it gets good hunting, yeah, we try to make our <laughs> food last just about as long as we can and just stay in there and hunt. Like, once you get in the deer, you got to stay in the deer. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. you got to watch, see what they what they do, where they go. Um, I, I felt like we fought a little bit of the sheep up there. Yeah. Uh, a couple guys on horses uh, moving sheep around up in the high country, which I ran into in Colorado and Wyoming, here. Yep. I haven't seen um, it in Colorado. Do oh, we see it color- there? No, maybe not in Colorado. Definitely we did in Wyoming. Mo- Montana. Uh yeah yeah Idaho, Montana yeah. Wyoming Idaho so most you know a few of the states we run into it half the time and yeah. they had, they had a big camp set up and they were pushing sheep around and so that's kind of that's kind of frustrating you know uh you I've been into Wyoming in the past and I've scouted it and it it was just phenomenal scouting mm-hmm. it was great and that you know go in there a couple days early before season you go up there and you don't see anything mm-hmm. and all you see is sheep tracks and, and yep. you know right where right where you scouted it's just the whole hillside apparently was just now just covered in sheep
0: they roll right through muley oh, country yeah. don't Oh, they? Yeah, they love yeah it. well and, and I think you're referencing last year hunting Wyoming. Yeah. We had that happen a couple years ago yeah. when we hunted Wyoming. Remember we had scouted that spot, we had seen that buck that oh, we thought went buck. 40. Well, the sticker buck that we thought went 222 30. Oh, yeah, yeah. We also saw the one that we thought was close to 40 inches oh, wide. Oh, that's right. He's a 190 yep. to 200 inch deer. Didn't yep. have the greatest force, but he was just so wide. <laughs> yeah. Like cartoonish wide. Yeah, he was. He just a wild away one. Yep. Yeah, and then the sticker buck and the sticker buck was a wild one. Like, I had hunted that buck four years earlier when I had the tag and I had pictures of him. He had all the same stickers and had some more, but now he was like an eight year old mule deer or a nine year old mule deer. What a buck. That's one of the biggest bucks. To date that I've seen.
1: Yeah, and then you know, super excited to go hunt them and roll in there, and it's just blown out. I mean, the sheep the sheep love the same feed as those mealy's do. Yeah, those big alpine
0: lush basins, and they feed those sheep through there, and it just disperses and pushes out those mule deer. And so that year in Wyoming, we went in there after scouting it and seeing a bunch of bucks, and like you say, they were blown out. I think we found one. What, Didn't we call him like the ugly buck or something? Yeah, you remember he was, that buck? Remember we did, odd. Yeah, he... he was a nice, like, I mean, he was a, a, a big looking deer, mature deer, but it just wasn't quite what we were looking for. Yeah, I don't for. remember
1: he was either had something weird on his top, top, and it was just kind of a weird looking goofy buck, maybe a like super crooked main beam, or I don't know, it was something just yeah, small odd. fronts, or yeah, but not even that.
0: He was just uh, I remember he had something just weird ugly, with him. The ugly buck, the ugly <laughs> yeah, <duckling> there buck. <laughs> isn't many ugly mule deer <laughs> yeah. when they get big racks, but yeah, I remember that was our nickname for him or something. Yeah. He had something weird going on but we passed him and we just couldn't find the deer in there that we had scouted we went yeah. all over that place spent a couple of days we we actually ended up backpacking out of there and then backpacking into a new spot where yeah. we'd you know you got a good stock on a couple bucks and i think i ended up killing one like the last day in there yeah it
1: was the last day we were going to yeah. hang out and uh, you killed the buck that that we um watched i think from day one when we we're in there we watched him yeah
0: watched him shed his velvet yeah that was awesome what a great yeah great, we actually underjudged that buck. His ears yeah. were so wide. His ear tip to tip spread ended up being over 26 inches from tip to tip. And, and so we underjudged that yep. buck quite a bit and we so We guessed him at 170. We yeah, were like that's we, a good 170 yeah, buck, mid- which is 170s, great. Buck. Yeah, it was great buck, like you say be but happy not, to take that buck, but we it, were hunting some toads. Yeah, in that area, we yeah. know it so well and have hunted it so much that yeah. we were holding out for some really good ones. That deer ended up going 190 inches. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, that's a, that's the only time I've had him grow when yeah. you walk up to him I mean we've killed some good deer but yeah just his mass and his deep forks well and he also shed his velvet and so he was hardhorn. Yep. and in velvet they're 40% heavier they appear bigger and so you're looking over all these velvet bucks and you got this one hardhorn that you're that looks you're judging the up. whole time but yeah it was a nice buck but so anyways we headed in and went in light I think we could have made it last for 3-4 days if we had to 1-2 days if we couldn't find what we were looking for and we got in there we didn't find what we were looking for right no, away. No, we, we moved
1: camp a couple times yeah. and put on some miles. And I mean, we glassed some great features. We really did. We, I mean, we're on top of the world up there. I mean, high as we could get. We're up on the peaks. Yeah, and, that's our
0: element, though, isn't yeah. it? You get us in the high country. Like, we're going to find some deer back there. And we had already put a, forth the effort to get back in there. And so we just started glassing features in there and trying to find where there was some bucks that we could start getting into. And, and finally, that second day... Uh, we, we got on a good vantage point. We glassed there for quite a while. I would say like 20, 30 minutes and didn't see anything. Yeah,
1: that's right. We, yeah, we sat there. I mean, we're up on the peak. I mean, sitting on the peak, I think, is better than sitting on, like, the saddles and stuff because the peak kind of gives you, like, this basin to look at, and then if you're high enough on the very top, you almost have, like, a back basin you could look at, too. So if you, you're you hunting with two different guys, you can almost be kind of, like, back-to-back. You know, this guy's going to take over this feature. This guy's going to look on the other side and take over this feature.
0: And we, we played the game. where We glassed hard on both sides. Yeah. Well, both – we almost had th- – you know, because we could see two basins. Yep. The peak we were on split two basins. So we yep. could look at the left basin and the right basin. And then we could also look behind us in yep. that back basin and look for them. And, you know, they're just uh, they're just lower deer numbers, what we've found so far. We haven't really found the spot yet. But we finally started to pick out some bucks. We we picked out a hard horn. Or the first ones we saw were two that weren't shooters. A two-point yeah. and two a three-point. Two velvet bucks. Yep. yep, two velvet bucks. Super red. And they were actually... Like, I always glass for high country mule deer up high, but every place, every state you hunt, it's just a little bit different mm-hmm. where you find them. To tell you the truth, I wasn't really focused where these deer were. They were yeah. more in the rocks with a lot of sparse brush and they weren't in the Alpen Basin where we normally glass them up. And I'd pan over that or pan over some of the good high features. But to tell you the truth, I wasn't really focusing my glass on it. I think that's where we didn't see him right away.
1: Yeah, it took us a while because I mean there was really no feed right there. I mean there head... didn't look
0: like much. No, I mean we walked through it and it was just like, what are these guys eating? Not much. I mean there was a little bit of brush along the yeah. way in between those rocks, but no, there wasn't a lot of feed. But so we spotted the the. Two point and then the three point, and then, then I heard you just classic. You know, we've been hunting enough together where you go, Oh, I got another buck. You know, and you just oh. now you start to key in where they're at yeah. and where you're looking. And you picked out a buck with big fronts It was right yep. in front of us. It was a hard horn. He was a nice looking buck. He was a, he was a good one. He actually yeah, gave us a slip. I don't know where that thing yeah, really I don't got know off either. to.
1: Yeah, he was a he was a good one. I mean, we were definitely gonna make a play on that guy. Um, but you know, you finally you finally see in box, you don't wanna be like, Oh, there's one, all right, we're we're gonna bomb off this hill and go make a play. It's like, no, we're finally seeing them. Let's let's take him back and let's let's figure this out. Take let's see. stock
0: of what's going on.
1: Yeah, fig- yeah, take a while. I mean, you know, you can't just bomb in on a meal deer in the high country anyways. You gotta wait a long time to get the wind right, make sure you know where you're gonna approach, even if it is if he is approachable. I mean there's a lot of things like a lot of factors that go oh, into Oh, they're
0: it. such calculated, oh, slow, methodic thought-out yeah. stocks aren't they yeah so awesome that's why we love to hunt them
1: oh it's a blast yeah if you can keep your eye on them that's that's awesome but a lot of times you know these bucks they'll go in early morning and they're right when the sun hits their back they're you know they're taking their time their heads down grazing but they're they're heading to a bet they're yeah. pointed in the direction of a bed.
0: we've seen them beat the shade up like the yeah. shade starts rising up the hill yep.
1: They're staying in it.
0: Yeah, they're staying in the yep. shade, getting out of the sun as soon as they're in it. And a lot of bucks that we've hunted before won't even be in the sun at all yep. throughout the day.
1: And if the sun does touch them, they jump up and they're gone. Yep, exactly. Uh, it's pretty wild. Well, and
0: you can always tell when a mule deer is going to get out of his bed because the yeah. sun will start to get on him and he starts to get hot.
1: Yeah, so you, you should, you're you watching this buck, you know, a good one that we're going to go try to shoot. And, uh, he you know, he finally does get in the trees, a little bit of timber, a little bit of brush and stuff. And he beds and we're like, man, is he going to stay there? I don't know. We, how long How long are you going to stay? Are you going to Watch them bed twice. Most of the time uh, th- it, during the day, Amelia beds at least twice, mm-hmm. correct? I mean, yep. it, whether they just stand up and walk on the other side and bed back down, or sometimes they actually get up and they might go um, 40, 60 yards, 100 yards away to a different, better bed for the
0: rest of the afternoon. Oh, a lot of times. So yeah, we plan when, on their second bed a lot of yeah, times. Yeah,
1: and so you can't, uh, you can't just get up and, and take the take the eyesight away from you You've got to keep eyes on him at all times um, you know if we weren't playing the, the camera guy deal this this trip maybe it's uh, let, let the guy that's up to shoot let him start working in and let the other guy stay there and keep eyes on him and then you can work in if he does um, stay in position or if he moves bad then you can you can meet up with your buddy and be like no dude he moved we got to get up and get a different different vantage and try to find him again it's all about locating and making sure you know exactly where he's at you cannot I have had horrible luck trying to approach an, uh, an animal in, like, a general idea. Like, I know he's in this area.
0: Oh, you're so right.
1: You know, I, I think, you know, he's in this set of trees, but I don't know where. I, okay, well, I've tried it a few times. Well, guess what? I get busted
0: nine times out of you ten, if not out. ten times if out you of know, ten. got to relocate them yep. in close. you got to know where they're you at. Need, you need his like, exact position. Yeah, even if you know the group of trees, you know, our play then would be OK, maybe we'll wait till evening till he comes out or we'll try to predict where he's going to come out. But the moment you try to go in on a buck or a bull in a group of trees and you don't know his exact position, you're right. You end up yep. blowing him out of there. I yep. mean,
1: he's going to see you or hear you or smell you before you have a chance to either back see him and back out or remove. I mean, it's so easy to mess up on a melee. Yep.
0: You got to relocate him up close or know exactly where they are to make a play. So we see that buck with big fronts, so we're psyched we finally got a shooter buck and he's a nice buck and then yep. and then we spot another one with the over by those other two bucks and he's kind of on his own but kind yep. of meets up with them and that's a really good looking typical a really good looking yeah. velvet typical
1: yeah and he was in velvet you know the other one was hardhorn. this one was velvet beautiful deer just super typical deer i mean i never really got a super great look at him i mean i knew he was he had a good frame on him and he's just a beautiful deer beautiful uh, alpine mule deer you know definitely a shooter i would say you know he was a great buck beautiful beautiful representation so it's like all right now we might have two plays but the problem with that was is there's this little ridge that runs down between the big front hardhorn and the velvet buck and so it's like when they're coming they're actually they're working their way towards us but towards us what several hundred yards away across yeah the, you know if, I mean?
0: if not a mile away yeah or more. i mean it's
1: like you don't they're not going to work all the way to you but they're going to work um in a direction where we're going to lose
0: track of them. yep and we tried to move down the ridge and keep the vantage point yeah, but tried. they just tucked in there too tight and same thing with the hardhorn. we had a good view of where he yep. was going to bed but just like those bucks always do they're just slippery in that country and so he came down and got behind just a little tiny hill or bench and we knew he was by the big dead tree and i saw him i was trying to follow him with the scope, and when we're watching these deer, and we want to make a stock on them, you know, we're we're trying to to watch their every move and watch exactly where they bed down. It's so easy to lose them in yeah. your glass, or you're watching that deer, but then you kind of glass off looking for another one, and you go back, and he can be gone. And so you really got to keep your eyes on him And so I watched him to the final moment, and he was right behind this big dead old tree in a little bit of a hillside where we couldn't see him. And so at that point, we had seen a couple bucks that we were interested in, so we decided, you know. This is our niche. This is where we got to go. And so we went way off trail. Yeah. We, um, we both looked at the hillside and said, oh, yeah, we could make it down and oh, see man. some trees down there. That was yeah. a pretty gnarly one, wasn't it? But, you
1: know, before that, we made a decision uh, the night – let's say the night before or the morning – no, that morning. No, the night before, uh, we camped way below. We, we gained a lot of elevation to just uh, look at those bucks. So we made the decision before that to, hey, let's not leave our camp here, let's put our camp on our on our backs. You know, let's get away from here. If we gotta move, at least we'll have our camp with us, which is kind of a difficult to do because you're trying to get up there early in the morning and so you gotta wake up even earlier, pack up your entire camp, get everything on your back, and now you're going up to the very top of the world to go glass with your camp because you never know, you might see some three basins over, so you don't wanna go all the way back to camp, pack everything up, go all the way back. So we were pretty fortunate we had everything with us
0: yeah one well, um, you know usually if we can find mule deer in our area we' will we'll camp in that little spot and hunt around yeah. and go light around there until we till it's played out and then yep. like you say we'll move our camp a lot of times in the middle of the day but you're right that was a smart move on our on our part is we got in there got to the vantage point we looked around we didn't even find a deer that night and yep. so we said you know boy we're not camping here <laughs> so you're right we woke up even earlier, made sure that we got our camp packed up and then we had to climb to the top of that 95 or 10th hour or whatever that peak was to be able to glass with our camp so we had our camp with us.
1: Yep, exactly. So then that's when we made the decision, everything kind of... We thought it was put to bed or, you know, we can't see anything anymore. We know there's a buck here and there's a buck on the other side. So we, we knew we had two bucks to go for. So now it was like, all right, where should we set up camp? Where, where do we need to get to to get another vantage point? And so, we, you know, we just came to a came to a decision and decided to descend off the backside. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so we descended off the backside. Um, we dropped down. Everything in that country is loose. Oh, yeah. my gosh, is that loose terrain. But uh, we started down, it wasn't bad, and uh, it takes a lot to make me and you nervous. We've been in a lot of gnarly country, and we trust our legs, but then again, you got your pack on and 40 extra pounds on you. But we started down, and it kept getting steeper and steeper, and pretty soon, we were in some pretty gnarly, (laughs) steep cliffs, loose stuff, you know, and... You know, it, it it wasn't too bad. It was something definitely that we picked it apart. I yeah, mean, we, had a, we, we got had a, down it.
1: We had a side hill for a little while ways, and then and then go down the side hill again and go down. And we picked it apart. It just it took a lot longer than I thought it was going to take us.
0: It only got a little sketchy. Yeah, a little bit towards it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we made it down, and now you know we're also we've separated ourselves from anybody else that can be in there because now we're off trail. You know, at, at least the walking distance, at least a couple miles, and down this huge slope where we lost a 1,000 feet of elevation probably off this. And so now we're in the basin, and we pick out a pretty good camp spot spot. Yep between the two bucks, but not too close to them, where they're going to catch our wind, or our wind's going to drift up, or they're going to hear any noise. Like, I'd rather camp just a little bit lower, yeah. have a safe spot, and then climb up every day to look at them, but a good view from our camp.
1: Yeah, good view from the camp from definitely some places we haven't seen before. We camped, we're smart, we, we put ourselves in between water. We had a little tiny stream, little spring next to us, and then a little pond, lake deal on the other side of us, so
0: that was kind of nice. It was it was good um, nice shady spot. So mm-hmm. Doesn't always happen where you can camp here water in Muley no. country like a lot of times you're going without yeah. and we we were hunting so hard and so active on this deal we we were not drinking enough water i know i'd said before uh, that i can survive off 32 ounces a day and i don't know if we were quite 32 ounces a day a piece but we were pretty close in between 32 and 50 ounces a day to keep running on everything
1: yeah which we had to because we had to, cause we had to uh, make decisions um we had to get up there we knew where a couple bucks were like in the area, you know, like I said before, the general area we knew where they were. So it's like, all right, got to go super light now. Um, so therefore, very little water, minimal weight as possible. Get up there, bring the scope, of course, bring the camera, get everything, and, and go try to put eyes on that buck.
0: Well, yeah, and, um, so we camp near water so we could get fresh water but we were up on the peaks the whole yeah. time, whether we were glassing or trying to make a move on those bucks. And we knew we wanted to make a move on those bucks. And so what we have? 32 ounces yep. a piece. And it's like, well, this will make do. We're not going back down there to get water and then going back up to make a play. So now it's, it's early afternoon. We know where these bucks had disappeared to. And so... We started working up this center ridge in between them, and, and we're being real cautious and careful. We definitely don't want to jump anything off this ridge because it looks pretty muley, too. It does, yeah. There's yeah.
1: there's a lot of little features that we didn't see before on the backside, and a lot more trees and stuff in there, and buck brush. And so, yeah, it was good. we just, you know, sneak sneaking all the way up, getting elevation, and we had to climb quite a
0: ways to get back up there. Oh, my gosh, yeah. We, well, we about went to the top of that peak, really. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, well, I think we... We did at towards the end of the day or whatever, yeah. but so we got over there and then we started glassing by the old dead tree looking for that buck with good yeah. fronts, that hard horn, and we picked him out in there.
1: Yeah, we did. We we found him. Um, almost almost got busted um, from the the mountain devil bird the. the oh. Grouse. Oh yeah. Yeah, she was kind of a she was being kind of a brat. But, oh, uh, so
0: typical. Yeah, we walked right to the edge where we're gonna start looking at this thing, and we're keeping to the shadows, and we're being really quiet, and all of a sudden. <laughs> this grouse flies up like right in front of us. Yeah, and you the know? buck's right there. Yeah, like, oh, and those, those bucks know those grouse too and, yep. and bulls too. You know, all of a sudden they know something's up there and yep. alert. And so we go, oh no, you know, and so glassing down and then we find the buck and then sure enough, another one takes out of the brush you know <laughs> right by us there and so it made that buck a little nervous that hardhorn a little nervous he was he was looking
1: on both sides of him he was looking behind i mean he was he was active you could tell he wasn't sleeping he was he was looking around sniffing and, and trying to check it out
0: yep but we just gave him some time up there and he calmed down I, uh trying to get this fly that's in this <laughs> truck here but yeah we gave him a little time he calmed down and and uh, we watched him, but there really wasn't a good play to make uh, on him, not in his bed, and and so our only play was really to wait till evening till he fed out yep. and hope he fed out in a good spot where we could where we could make a go at him. We did have kind of like a. A plan to say well maybe we could make it down and around circle around and get in that hill and get in striking distance and then when he comes out tonight yep. we'll be close enough to see him where he's going to come out and then we can make a play on him so that was kind of our backup plan it was
1: yeah yep. we we figured we'd have at least a play on him we'd at least get ourselves in position just in case it we did get a correct win and we could we could get in there so i mean we had we had a play we, yep. had, we had a plan yep we, sl- we backed out of there nice and slow because there's that other grouse that was sitting on the branch right above us just staring at us yes and so it's like, all right, don't do don't do anything. Let's just back out of here and let him calm down. He did get up. We watched him get up. He did re-bed again, right on the backside of right where he was. I mean, like five yards away. So at least we knew his exact position. And, yeah, so we had a plan. Mm-hmm. But we also, in the back of our minds, were like, well, where did those other ones go? Yes. And so it's like we well, we are going to go check that situation out too, you know, with this one's happy, you know, not blown out. Let's just go give let's go give the other ones a glass, see where see where they are. at, See if there's a better play. Yes. You know, you're always looking for the higher percent percent odds of uh, actually killing one up there, so it's like that one I'm not going I'm not going to give them really high odds. The, the hard horn, the, the big fronts, that wasn't super super high odds. I mean it w- it could be if the wind's correct when we get it down, but you know, it's let's just see if we can find a different buck with a little bit higher percentage. So yep. we decided to go see if we can find those other ones.
0: Yeah. So we... We, we went up and we just barely made the bench there and we kind of expected them to be down lower in a different group of trees. We couldn't see it. It was like this fold of the land, this, this drainage that went kind of behind this hillside from where we were glassing from in the morning. And then as we started to climb up this thing, we couldn't see back in there until you made it all the way to the top. And yep. so we just get over the top and... And I, I see a bucket go, oh, freeze. You know, and we had just got to the yeah. top of the hill. We were just in the shade of the tree right there. One little tree right there we're yep. standing next to. Yep. So uh, we watch them there for a minute and get a feel for them. And they are just in the perfect place. They're grouped in. Uh, we, we see two of the three there, the one we want to shoot. Um, and they're bedded just in the shade of like one tree there. And then there's some trees up above them. And I asked you, I said, how far do you think those trees are? You know, and you looked at me and go, it's gotta be 50 yards. You know, I said, oh man, it looks like 70 to me, you know? (laughs) So we're trying to play it out and figure out how far this group of trees is from these, from these box. And it looks like you could stick these groups of trees in between us and the box and sneak right down to them there.
1: Yeah, exactly. We had to back out of where we were. Um, we had to use the tree to kind of sneak out of there, um, yeah, I was a little bit nervous because we only saw two out of the three, so I knew obviously we knew there was three there. Um, so you know, back out, take as much time as we needed. We had all day, so it's like, no, let's just creep out nice and slow. We got away with it. We backed all the way back down, went up and around, and then got got that tree, you know, aligned. Properly. I mean we we're actually pretty fortunate. We knew it. we were like, Yep, that's our tree, let's walk right to it. And we did. We started creeping in and dropped our packs and uh, I just put my bow down and grabbed the camera and and, uh, and started rolling. So it was actually yeah. it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. No oh we did such a great job uh capturing the entire hunt, you know, all the way from finding those things and just documenting you know, we put so many miles up to this point just oh, to yeah. be able to find a buck to stock. We've been all over that Idaho backcountry trying to just find these things, yeah, you know. We're days into so this. we're finally getting a stock and we know you you know, this this is a pretty good opportunity for us and we know it's go time and so like I say, you grab the camera, I grab the bow. Um what a cool stock! I oh, mean, that's man. that's what you live for—is stalking those high country muleys. Had climbed all those distance in and around them, but but this is what it's all for, you yeah. know. This is this is the fun of the hunt. This is where you finally get to make your play, and, and it's hot out, and you got those those crickets going all around you, making a little noise. But that Idaho country is not easy to stalk in. It looked like it was a perfect stalk, but as we got going. Everything was loose on that on that slope. Well, what's that red
1: leafy stuff? I, you know, before yeah. a few weeks ago, I bet it was green because there's some there was some newer stuff up there that's green, but this stuff turns bright red. Yep. And it is cr- it's like foil or I mean bubble wrap up. If you touch it, and it, it just makes a ton of noise. Yes. It's just crazy. Well,
0: and yeah, so that brush, yeah, it's like uh, gosh, corn flakes or I don't I don't even yeah. know. Like you don't even got to step on it; you just brush against it, and yep. it just
1: yeah, exactly. you know, it just
0: totally makes a sound. Um, And then then the loose rock in there, that loose gravel wanted to slip underneath your feet everywhere, and it was such steep terrain that that we really took our time getting in there. I mean, we got to the top, we glassed, made sure we had the tree in between us and the bucks, and then just started slipping in just over ultra quiet and and ultra slow and and i mean you know as cameraman i mean you're stalking right with me we got to get two people into range not just one and so we really took it slow moving down there
1: yeah i mean the cameraman hats off to the camera guys out there because it's it's hard work it's tough i'm not gonna say it's tougher than hunting but it is it's you're capturing everything you're taking care of your own feet and your own noise um you're watching you know what what your hunter's doing plus you're capturing everything that's going on and i mean you you got to be on your game I mean it's
0: actually it's it's pretty tough I'd say so we, we started slipping in and I just trust you. We've hunted so much together. You're such a good bow hunter and such a good stalker that I, I know you're making the right moves behind yeah. me. And then, and then also I, you know, I, I told you, you go, how do you, how do we make sure we get the shot on camera? I said, well, you, you know, when I, when I drop my rangefinder, yeah. you know, when I do this or when I start drawing back, you know, I'm just going to trust you got the shot that you're over my shoulder yep. capturing everything with me. And so that was our game plan going down. And, So we started to get in and get pretty close. We wanted to make it to the tree.
1: Yeah, our goal was to make it to the
0: tree. And we did find out that the tree was 50 yards away. It was, yep. Yep, you called it right off the bat. And so we started slipping down, but all the while you're trying to keep an eye on these bucks through the branches and then... We had two of the bucks that fed out at different times. Came right towards us. Yeah, at one point, that three-point came outside the tree, and I knelt down and told you to kneel down. We were still behind the branches, and it walked right out and fed right down below us inside Bow Range. Oh, yeah, right there. Yeah, he was just
1: right down below, yeah. Yeah,
0: and we just waited and waited and waited patiently, and then— you know, he we kinda went back and they bedded down and we started creeping in again and we're we're just getting close to this tree where, you know, I'm starting to arrange things and starting to get prepared for if something goes goes on or goes haywire on the stock, which, you know, getting close to mule deer, you just never know. And we were so ultra quiet. The stock was going perfect. Well, all of a sudden, you know, we've got those afternoon thermals, but the way you are in the mountains, like yep. that wind had swirled. And all of a sudden I felt it. I felt a little breeze on the back of my neck. Yep. And I actually felt it twice. This was the second time. And I started to get nervous. And so I had an arrow knocked. I was ready. You were rolling the whole time. Yep. We got down and we had one little opening in the trees where I could see that nice four-point bedded down yep. there. Like a, little, like a little window in the trees. Oh, my gosh. It was a little window in the trees. Yeah. yep, for sure. Amongst this big tree that's in front of us. And it's covered high and low and then gets wider in the middle. But yep. it is just a little opening in the trees. Well, and all of a sudden, all three of these bucks stand up. And it's mm-hmm. high alert. And it's go time. Yep. And so I... I looked through that sliver of trees and thought yep I can make that shot and click my rangefinder and got a range on that buck and then you know I I centered in between that window of trees Got a nice broadside. Didn't check with you that you had yeah, the buck no, on no, film. No, like I no, it say, was just, it was just it was all on. trust. <laughs> yeah, And so, uh, and sent that arrow. And man, the arrow dropped in perfect. Yep. I yep. mean, it looked good. It dropped right in there. Hit that buck. And he went out the backside. You captured the whole yep. thing, which was just crazy. And the buck went out. He should have tipped over dead.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it sounded good. It looked good. Um, we replayed the footage. Yeah, it looked like perfect shot. I mean, he was quartering away just enough that you, you slipped it right in there, right in the back of the ribs there. I mean, it looks look legit i mean we we oh. both said we looked at each other thumbs up dead buck dead buck yeah he yep. was gone. he was done and he ran out and he just didn't play that hurt nope he was still alert looking around like what's going on guys you know i mean
0: so this is the 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 weirdest thing to us is that this buck doesn't act more hurt and he's keeping up with these other two bucks and so then, finally, they get in the trees. He never does bed down, which is a bad sign. When a buck yeah. doesn't bed down, he's not that he's hurt. Not hurting, but yeah. we can see that hit on him. And if that arrow quartered into him, we're both saying, that buck is dead. There's just no way he's going to make it, you know. Well, and, he
1: had a huge blood spot on his side, a huge blood spot. I mean, yep. you could, he was
0: bleeding good. I could see blood dripping off it. I mean, he was he was hit good, it looked like. Yep. And so we were pretty confident this buck was going to die. And so we waited for, God, it had to be an hour and a half, a couple hours. We yep. watched these bucks, and we're just baking in the sun we've got no shade we've got no nothing and so as these bucks start to look away our plan is to get in the shadow of this tree and then use this tree to get back to our packs and then watch this buck you know all day long until he dies and and if need be we'll come back in the morning and grab him you know we just got to give him time yep yeah we didn't our goal was not to
1: spook him but we were baking we were baking in the sun it was ridiculous out there and
0: so we tried to slip out and those things must have caught us on the edge of that tree or the edge of those branches moving. And, and all of a sudden, the bucks are going for it. We're a long ways away from him oh, at yeah. this point. He's he's ran a little ways. Like, we got to be at least 500 yards from him, right, when we're trying to slip out. And so we, we try to slip back up there. And, and all of a sudden, these bucks, they must have caught our movement or something. And they're all on high alert because yeah. we just stung the one, you know. And they start going... And they, that buck, we can see that blood spot on him, but he makes it to the top of the dang hill. Yeah, he he, he gains a lot of elevation. Yep. He, you know
1: a good, a good hit, I mean a uh, deer or a bull, they're not going uphill. No. They're going down. Or, yeah, to bedding him. right away, yep. and they're hurt. You this know? guy, he just pointed up and just kept on going he up. He just didn't act that hurt, which was oh. so
0: weird, but he did get to the top of the hill and
1: bed down. Yeah, his mouth is open. He's like, okay, I'm tired. I mean, he bedded right, right at the very top, skyline. We could see him. Yep. He was just bedded there.
0: And so you know, we started getting nervous, but, you know, we just kept telling ourselves, we're going to get this buck, we're going to get him, you know, yeah. we'll, whatever it takes, we're going to follow him. And so, you know, I uh, we actually sent you back, Dan, for um, both the packs, and so you had to figure out how to, how to bring yeah. two packs. But I took off on a run to try to keep up with that buck because he went over him, the yeah. top of that ridge. You know, I didn't know how much he was going to be bleeding, and so I wanted to get to a glassing point where I could catch this buck and see where he went or try to keep eyes on him until he bedded. And so I made it to the top of the ridge, and I just caught this buck going over another little ridge. I thought, oh, man, he's traveling country. And so I'm starting to get a little worried, and I I come back, or I watch this basin, and I never see this buck show up in this basin, and so... You know, I figure he's right down below me, like bedded in a group of trees. I just can't see him. And, and so I go back and I meet Dan, and he's got both the packs. He had walked both the packs up. You would somehow hooked them together there where, yeah. uh, you know, you got them got him up there. So we, I meet up with Dan, and we just start talking, you know. What's the smartest idea? Do we... Do we come back in the morning and then search these groups of trees down this drainage? You know, do we go grab that next vantage point and see if we can find them down over there? And so we watched that basin for, I don't know, probably 30 minutes or so. Yeah, we got up higher. We
1: started getting some elevation just to make sure we didn't spook anything again. Oh, we cut
0: blood up there. That's
1: what, that's what changed it all is... You, you were very confident on saying, you know, he went right down in here, and I, yeah, for sure, it made total perfect sense. We got up on the top, we're getting ready to sit down, and all of a sudden we see blood on the rocks yes. up there. And we're like, what the heck did this guy do? So he we went down off the other side, went down in the trees, and then turned and went back up to the top again. Yes. It was just, and then it's like, all right, this isn't really making sense. So then it was like, all right, let's sit down scratch the hedge for a little bit. And there's... In the rocks, and the rock slides up there, you can you can follow blood. But when you starts getting in this sparse grass and just nothing really around, I mean, we're getting blood every 30, 40, 50, 60 yards maybe, and it's it's not much. Uh-uh. You know, he bedded down on top, we checked the blood there, and it was not much there either.
0: No, I know it. It yeah. was so strange for where the hit was, and so... We just kind of kept track where this buck was headed and where there was blood, and tried to grab vantage points and find him. And we we burned pretty much the majority of the day and couldn't find this buck. And man, was he traveling drainages! And we did see another uh, another hard horn, deep fork buck down in this bottom. And but we kind of circled around and looked for this buck. And and really, we were we were walking back to camp at the end of the night. We hadn't yeah, we, turned up this buck again. Yeah. We didn't know where he had headed. And but we didn't want to go. You know bushwhacking and,
1: and have him jump you know it's like let's just give him give him the time we don't I know we don't know exactly where he's at but at least tomorrow we will know he's be dead he'll be dead overnight he's gonna yep. die so there's no point in and really trying to to figure this out let's just this regroup and so we took we took a shortcut back to camp we, you know we yep. rolled down on this ridge and where that hardhorn was we wanted to get a closer look at him for for me you know because I'm up I'm up next with the boat so we were both confident you got this buck I mean it was a great shot yes And so it's like, all right, well, you know, time to time to switch, you know, eventually the next day or whenever after we collect this buck. And so we just, you know, watch him a little bit, note where he's at and just start walking back, you know, and then we start, we go over this little ridge, you know, in in that buck brush and, and just trying to pick our way across and then just freeze. I freeze and I look at you and I'm like, holy crap right there 20 yards this buck stands up he's that's the one that's the buck right there yeah and just walking compl- back like, the direction we hadn't been glassing. He, that cir- he circled all the way back around yep went all over the top and then down off the other side and then back up to the top and then all the way around back to where like he was he was pointed in the basin that we shot him in mm-hmm. and i mean that's where he was heading back to
0: it was a lucky break catching him and and we were confident we were going to find that buck but the next day like you say you don't want to dive down and bushwhack and jump that buck yeah. give him more adrenaline have him go where you can't find him then and so you're limited all you can do is kind of glass from the top and you know and and try to kind of make sense of what's going on but yeah we had no idea he was that direction but yeah we jumped him out of his bed and it it had been five hours since i hit that buck or something yep um jumped him out of his bed and he ran and so you know, we instantly made a game plan. Okay, Dan, you go right. You watch that opening. Make sure yep. he doesn't come across there. Go check for blood. I'm going left all the way down to that bench where I can glass back up and see where he went. Yep. Both just, of us on a vantage point yep, so just we Just trying cover. to keep eyes on this yep. thing so we can recover him. And, and uh, I start going down to my spot, and I look down there, and all of a sudden I see that buck. And it's, yeah. it's our buck. Yeah, it's our hip buck. and. You know he's he's out on that on that point and now he's hurting. He's sick now. Yeah, so I can tell he's hit hard. I
1: gave you the 10, 15 minutes. You know nothing came out. I saw a few other uh, does run out of there and I gave it some time, and I didn't know if you had eyes on him or not. I, I couldn't see you. I, I knew where you were gonna be, but I couldn't. We had no communication, nothing. So I went back to his bed to just get an idea. It's like, hey, maybe we can actually track this thing. So I checked checked his bed. Huge pool of blood there, like. Deadpool blood. I mean, it was there. Yep. And then I, I went down probably 15 yards to where he ran down, and yes, there's blood. Big blood's here. Blood's on this this sagebrush. I mean, I was like, yeah, we can track him if we have to. But the plan was meet up with Brian. He's got advantage on the other side. So I back out of there, and I start rolling the rock slide over, and then I and then I kept, catch you. You're waving at me, and I'm like, what? And you're telling me just, you know, be quiet and slow down. So I slowed way down and snuck down to you, and you, you had eyes on him or watching him. He was, he was bedded way below us, just bedded again, and he was bedded like a dead buck.
0: Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he was—he was hurt. Yeah, he was spent. So, so yeah, we just decided we—you know—you don't know what the right move is to make, and it always depends on the shot whether you go and put another shot on him or you you wait him out till evening. And it was like, man, I'm just gonna I'm gonna finish this yeah. deal. I don't want him to get up again in the night and go to a different group of yeah. trees. And so I snuck up, got another arrow in him, and, yep. and killed him. And. Man, it's just so awesome to be able to get it done on that buck. But we had some lucky breaks on that thing. So then we started looking at where the hit was. Like, why oh. did that buck not die in sight? It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I think yep. I've ha- have it happen one other time to me. But I shot and hit that buck right where I wanted to, like right on the liver spot. Well, you know, you want to shoot right in the middle of double lungs, but hit him about on the liver. But he was quartering away. Quartering away, driving right up through him. Taking everything out. And that broadhead centered a rib. Yep. And I think it busted that rib, but it also bent that broadhead, you know, and bent it all the way over, which, I mean... I'm shooting a 450 grain arrow, and this is the one of the fastest bows I've ever shot. But I hit that rib, and I must have just centered it where it didn't glance off or anything, and it busted the rib. But the arrow went in and came out on the same side of the buck.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it, it hooked in like a fish hook. It just it went right in on the on the skin, right next to the rib, and I think, like you said, broke that rib and then went down just maybe an inch, couple inches, and then came right back out. Yeah. So that arrow, that's why it was so loud when you hit him. That arrow actually hit so hard, and then the shaft of the arrow came. Out and smacked him on the side when it was coming out
0: yeah no it fish hooked him like i yeah. think it came down i'd say like maybe three or four inches yeah, it came out hole in a hole and so yeah. yeah it just got two holes on him yeah exactly yep and so basically killed that buck with almost a flesh wound but he he was feeling sick because we let the pressure out of his chest yep. and he was getting sick late and i hate to have a buck suffer that long but it's it's bow hunting, and sometimes stuff happens, and you can't control everything. You did the right,
1: you did the right move. You you watched him. You're like, you know what? I got to go put another arrow on him. And so I was like, yeah, I got the I got a great vantage. I, I'll tell you if he bails off the the backside for forward. I, I had it completely covered. So you snuck down in there and uh, got in range, got super close to him, uh, and made a made a perfect shot. I mean, he went. He barely stood up and fell over. He was dead.
0: Yep. So I mean, it was it worked out perfect. That was uh, that was the right call. Yeah. Oh man, it's just so awesome when it comes together and. And, and to have that weird thing on that arrow happen but to have us persevere and you know track that thing down and get to those different vantage points and then just get a little bit lucky too and oh, jump yeah. <laughs> them up coming back down to camp and like um you know hopefully we could have made sense of the blood the next day and and tracked him down and found him but you know I, I do think it was a lucky break you know, but spooking him where we did walking back to camp yep. and then getting him but just an awesome wide four point just oh, yeah. a beautiful buck. idaho yep. buck
1: good fronts good backs super wide i mean yeah he was he was no ground shrinkage whatsoever he was bigger than what i actually thought he was he's just a gorgeous yeah buck. great buck yeah. oh cool. man it's so great. amped to be
0: able to get that done and the the footage and the whole story you know just that we have told here on this podcast but to be able to catch capture it all in video and get all those different shots of, of the miles and the hiking and glassing the bucks and trying to capture the excitement and then the over the shoulder stop yep. that's got to be one of the coolest scenes i've ever seen so i drew back on that buck you knew it was happening yeah it was so good there's time. two controls on the camera and like i say <laughs> you know dan's good at everything he does but this is our first you know we've we've messed around with camera work yeah. before i've videoed a couple hunts of years and tried to capture things and I've had you on the camera before, but this is the the new Eastman's camera or whatever, you know, and so um, it's got controls, but it's got two sets of controls. It's got a yep. handle and then it's got a pinky. And so as soon as I drew back, you went to get on the buck or as soon as I ranged him, you went yep. to get on the I buck. I was huh? like, all
1: right, it's go time. And so I'm, 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 focusing over your shoulder. So when you drew, I was right behind you. So when you drew your bow came up. So where I was looking, uh, your bow took, took my lane. You, you stole my lane from Oh, me. your video lane. Yeah. And okay. So I was like, Oh, well I can't really move. And so the only thing I could do is just like core strength and just my upper body just lean out to the side just just to get around your bow. But you gotta remember, we're looking through a little ti- a little window in a tree, so it's not like I can take a step over, then I won't see anything. So it's like I gotta get just around your bow while you're coming up to full draw, refocus on that buck, get on that buck, bump my button and then it unzooms on it and then I gotta pretty much start over while you're going to full draw and capture it perfectly. I mean capture you coming to draw with your you can see the top of your bow coming to full draw and then zoom past you and get right on that buck perfectly. I could see I think t- two out of the bucks were standing right there. Yep. Two out of the three. Yep. And uh yeah, just zoomed in right on it so we could see a nice execution shot and it yeah, it worked out perfectly. Oh man, it was Got thread the, the needle stalking. on yeah. the
0: shot and on the on the video deal. And just weird how it hit that rib but the videography on the shot and where the arrow hits yeah. and the way it drops in and you can see those fletchings the whole way, you yep. know, and then drops through that little opening. But yeah, I mean, talk about threading the needle. Like I say, with the camera and with the bow, to be able to get it done on a buck like that is just yep. incredible. We hadn't seen that many. That was our that was our first stock.
1: Yeah, and and another thing is, you know, we this is a new thing for me, you know, videoing these hunts and stuff, and it's like, well, guess what, we're, we're we both said to each other, yeah, dead buck, he's going down, but then he he went up out of that that uh, the mountain or the you know the rocks and cliff he climbed all the way up there got into the top and was bent on their side and then we started guess second second guessing we were like what the heck so it's like all right finally like, he goes over their side let's take a second you know sit down pull out the camera rewind it and and just make sure make sure nothing weird happened make sure you didn't hit a branch or make sure whatever and the uh, the video footage looks like a like a perfect shot yeah and so we were like back to being confident yeah that's a dead buck yep you know so and then, it was
0: a money shot that's got to be like a one, one in a hundred one in a thousand one in you know and i usually ribs you glance off off of I think I had it one other time on a bowl that I hit right yeah. in the lungs and I hit I centered that rib and my fletchings went straight up in the air at this yep. weird angle and I didn't get any penetration on that yep. bowl. And so, you know, I think it can happen, but it's super weird. I, yeah. I definitely don't see it very often. Between me and all my buddies, it's just like a, a one in a thousand chance yeah, that you wild. center and a rib. And, and good kinetic energy on my oh, bow. Yeah. It's got to be shooting 70, 75 kinetic energy. It's fastest bow I've ever shot. 450 grain arrow. That's going to hit that deer hard.
1: And it wasn't even that long of a shot. I mean, it was, it was where you wanted to be
0: on that shot. Yeah, we snuck sure. in
1: close. It was, a. I mean, great. It was perfect.
0: Yep, just one of those deals, bow hunting isn't perfect, and I think a lot of times, you never figure out what happened on that shot. You yeah. just see where it hit, and then you don't find that buck because he didn't get a hard enough hit on him, or he yep. didn't do enough damage, or he gets away, can't fall the blood. And this, this buck went. He had to go a mile, huh? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> And then when we lost track of him, who knows what he was doing? I just can't believe he came back. I mean, he, like... Would go away from us, and then and then double back and come back on himself. It
0: was it was wild. You oh, know? we'd pick up blood in weird spots, but yeah. it was he was tough to track. Maybe the next day we could have put it together, yep. but we were trying to get to those good vantage points, trying to just find him or his buddies again, and just try to try to keep eyes on him to try to recover him. And and he was hurt bad there in the end, and he was going to die whether we yeah. left him there that night or. Or, you know, whether we got him. But, you know, you also, you know, leaving those things overnight and with a gut shot, that's pretty risky, too. That you is. know, and, and not that we knew that it was going to be in the guts or anything. And like I say, I think I glanced liver right in through there. That's why he was bleeding so hard right in through there. But, yep. yeah, you just never know. And so you just, you're just trying to play your smartest play and your best bet. And, you know, sometimes you hit those things like if... Hit something in the shoulder, like you got no other option. You got to try to get another arrow in him. It's not going to kill him. So you know, if, if it's a mortal shot or a fatal shot, you know whether or not you got to get a follow up arrow or not get a follow up arrow. And, and there, in the end, I just wanted to finish the deal off yeah. and get get done with. You know, and I knew I could stock up there and get another arrow, but. How awesome is that? Just yep. extreme gnarly backcountry and able to get a buck down and and capture the whole thing on film, which is really cool for me. I'm I'm new to it as well and this has always been my dream is to like team up with one of my really good buddies, you know, like, you know, I've always had you in mind because we've yep. always hunted together and be able to capture some of these adventures we do, you know, not only that, but just all the rough terrain we go through, oh, yeah. all the miles, the trials and tribulations, pick up the highs and lows of the hunt and really try to tell the entire story. And I, I really think we accomplished this. I think this yep. is the best work I've ever put together From start to finish it. worked out great. You know? Oh, just awesome. Yep. So yeah, get the buck taken care of. Fresh backstraps yeah, in camp. Yeah, we ate good that night. Yeah, so uh, went back, fried up some backstraps that night. And just kind of enjoy, you know, took in the whole experience, and and uh, got the meat hung up in a nice group of shaded trees so we could yep. let it cool really well. And um, so so we let it cool, and then the next day we made a hunt around. Uh, actually, we made a, a did a ton of miles the next day. Um, we just let the buck hang you can buy yourself a day or so it's getting cool enough at night up in that high country and so we went and hunted and um back to look for your buck we switched positions and now i'll run the camera and you're gonna hunt yeah and uh so went and looked that next day gosh we covered a lot of a lot of drainages and a lot of miles.
1: Yeah, we got some great vantage points. We went to some um, different places we haven't been, like some other bowls, back basins, and and glassed hard. I mean, we we perfect time of the day to glass, and it just backed to extremely low numbers again. We just weren't picking up what we were looking nope. for. I, I think mean, we
0: just, saw three bucks that morning, and none of them were shooters.
1: Yeah, just just little guys running around, and and, and yeah, I mean, it was just kind of just it felt dead up there. It just felt like, and we didn't even go through that. It was all like virgin ground that I we haven't even been through yet. No, so nobody was, had hunted it yeah Yeah, so it was kind of weird I mean it was like it looked great should be holding bucks we never disturbed it the day before and nobody has and and so yeah we gave it a we gave it a good hunt and and just sat down talked about it when we got back back to camp and checked on your buck and make sure everything's good and just talked about it it's like well we just covered the main basins where we want to cover, you know. And there was, you know, some other hunting pressure and stuff up there. We had a guy on the back of us, um, our second choice where we were going. But there was already, that was already a guy hunting back there. So it's just like, well, you know, how many other places did we got? So we made the decision. It's like, well, we still haven't even made it to some of the um, units that we wanted to hunt. We haven't even seen them yet. Yep. So we made it, you know, we got to get this buck out anyways. It's it's getting hot. Um, The meat felt really good. It was nice and cool in the bag. So we uh, took down camp and uh, loaded the pack. And got some some footage and some some good pictures, and decided you know what we need to, need to regroup. Anyways, we need to get this buck on ice, and I think we made the the best decision. I think. Oh we're yeah.
0: good. Well, yeah, we had to come out, get the buck out, get him on ice, and then you know our decision was: do we come back into this spot? Yeah. Do we go to a different spot in this range, or you know do we go to go to another spot? And and uh, so yeah, we uh, we decided to come to this this other choice we had, to just see if we can find some better numbers and some better bucks, and so. Um, got the buck on ice, got everything taken care of and, and here we are still hunting so yeah. um, tonight we're going to go make a play and, and I think we got a really good play, we're going to look over this in, we've got a really good vantage point we got to hike up there in 95 degree heat but yeah. we're going to get up there, find some shade and then just start picking that mountain apart with our, our glass.
1: Yep, set the scopes up and then uh, and just kind of hang back and, and try to set yourself up so you can the more ground you can see, the better so I think we've got a heck of a vantage point and see what lives here, you know we got here last night so we had this morning in a different place we got we uh, saw some deer you, you spotted some right away and uh, um, this morning before the even sun came up it was weird we, we uh, had thermals the the heat waves through the scope were, were so bad even first thing in this morning and we knew they were deer and so it's like well they're deer you know how they were acting the location they're up pretty high we're like well they definitely chances are they, they are bucks and so we decided to pack light and head up there and come to find out there were does so it's like by the time we get back uh um, need to regroup and and figure it out. So we're just going to move around and learn this country. And that's what, one of the things Brian and I do really well is is uh, we don't we don't care if we got to move camp every single day. It don't it don't matter. It's great to learn different country. I've never hunted this spot before. And and so yeah, the more we learn, the I think the better off we're going to be.
0: Yeah. Um. Gosh, I just love learning new country. And so. Yeah, I, we got a great game plan tonight. Hopefully we locate yep. a buck and if he's close enough we'll get a play and if not we'll set up in the morning. And so yep. yeah, we got a a couple more days, 2 3 more days we'll try to hunt and get your buck and then, you know, the neat thing about Idaho too is we can always come back late too if yep. it doesn't happen. But, exactly. but I've I've got faith. I've got confidence, you know, we're going to we're going to see some bucks and get some more plays here. We just got to keep working hard at it. Yep. Keep covering country and whether we got to go up here for a we're going to go up for a day hunt and check it, but we may have to load up the backpacks when we get back and do a night approach up there and go yeah. sleep with the bucks or whatever it takes to be into them and get some more stocks and, and try to get another one killed yep we'll figure it out that's for sure yeah well man i can't thank you enough uh just such a good hunting partner and thanks for helping me out with this film deal and helping me capture this whole thing and so um yeah just uh we'll we'll try to turn up some bucks and try to finish this thing right Yep. sounds great thanks man all right guys that's a wrap uh fun episode with dan fun to do it just right in the middle of her hunt. Um, just, just really cool of of Dan to commit to videoing for me. Just got some awesome footage. I just can't wait for Eastman's to put this together. And and just weird stuff goes on when you're bow hunting that that center and that rib and having that arrow go in and come out the same side, especially when you're so dialed and you got everything tuned right. But you know, that one in a hundred or one in a thousand chance, sometimes weird things happen. And all you can do is just give it your best effort and and follow up that buck or follow up that blood trail and, and try to find the end of it. And, And this time we were lucky enough to, to recover this buck and, and figure out what had happened and the reasons why. But, um, yeah, just, just really fun. I mean, tough hunt there in Idaho, finding the numbers. Uh, so to close out the hunt, we got on that good vantage point. We ended up hunting for another two, three days and, and we were down there hunting the desert, like we talked about. So a little bit different unit and, and, uh, we were flexible looking for Dan's buck and we got up there to that vantage point and we kept seeing elk. And the one night we saw this giant 350 inch bull that came out feeding by himself in this little draw. And so, um, finally Dan decided that, that, uh, he needed an elk tag. It was over the counter down and through there. And so we drove, uh, all night to, or a few hours one night to make it to Walmart to get him an elk tag. And, and, uh, so he ended up, we were going to stick a bowl in there cause gosh, there was a bunch of them running around in there. And, that 350 bull ended up not coming out in the same spot, and uh, ended up being a couple guys that were sitting on the vantage point that must have seen him too. But there was enough bulls around there that we just started kind of hunting elk and looking for mule deer, and we saw a couple smaller bucks, but nothing Dan wanted to put his tag on, especially since he can hunt it late in November and we can go back. So I'll go back with him in November, and I'd I'd love to learn you know more about that rut and Idaho hunting and see some of those bigger bucks. But uh, so we started hunting elk, and and we only. Of them for two and a half, three days there, but uh, we did get on a really nice six point the last night we were there, and and it was getting late and low light, and we got to about sixty or so, and and. Uh and Dan ended up uh, missing that bowl, um, giving him a haircut across his back or something there. Um, yeah, tough shot with low light. Uh, you know, it was, it was right in the last few 10 minutes of shooting light or whatever. But we did get an opportunity at a, at a six point bowl and he was a nice wide looking ball um, had to go 310, 320 anyways, and so it was fun hunting there with Dan. I would have loved to see him fill his tag there, fill that elk tag, and he was so close. Like I say, it was just low light where, you know, your peep and your sight don't quite line up right or... Um, you know, who knows it's, it's a game of inches in bow hunting and, and any one of us can miss, but, uh, I- anyway, so we ended up having a good trip coming back. Uh, we had to get that buck back and get him processed, but, uh, really fun hunt with Dan. And like I say, I'll go back with him in, in November and, and go down there and hunt. And then, uh, also with the elk, um, I'll help him here in Montana elk and, and help him get a nice bowl. And then we might even shoot back down to Idaho if we, if we get a chance for elk as well. Um, we'll just see how it goes, and uh, right now, it's just that fun time of year. I'm, I'm hunting so much, trying to record some podcasts here and there, and, and like I say, I got uh, one of my Hawaiian buddies, Robin, out here, and, and we're hunting elk. We got on a a good six-point uh, yesterday morning and kind of uh, coyoted the herd and had him at like 70, 80 yards in front of us, really nice six-point with about 10 cows, and chased him for about an hour and a half, and I don't know if the wind swirled or that... That cow may have hurt us down below, but we got barked at and, and got busted and they got out of there, but a uh, close call and talking to my buddies. They're just into elk right now. I know, uh, my buddy Ryan has been really close on some good bulls and, and, I uh, want to get him on the podcast and, and record one. But yeah, I'm, so I'm hunting with Robin, uh, my Hawaiian friend now and, and, uh, we're going to go backpack in. So I'm getting this podcast out and, and, uh. Uh, load up the backpacks with about two three days worth of gear we're going to go in light and and, uh, see if we can't find the party of elk and and uh, get him his first elk he's this is his third trip hunting elk and he's had some close calls but uh, I really want to see him fill his tag so just that that really fun time of year where you're hunting for yourself and hunting with buddies and and uh, just out in the woods and 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 getting the legs some work and uh, hopefully bending back the bow limbs here and there um, today's sponsor. Speaking of bow limbs, is Matthews bows. Uh, again, guys, I'm just so impressed with this Matthews Halon 32 six-inch brace. Um, they're just building a great bow. It's just super accurate for me and forgiving and. Um, you know, I go out, practice sessions, my my groups are really tight. Uh just really happy with this bow. It's fitting me really well and I'm really starting to get used to the to the Matthews brand. Uh so I got a ton of confidence walking around with this bow. I I know it'll do its job as long as I do my job, but uh thanks to Matthews for sponsoring the show. Um again over there at Eastman's we got that Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal. I got a couple articles out in that one. Um and there's another one on backcountry safety there and and then uh Coming out in the next uh, Eastman's Hunting Journal, uh, I got an article in there as well. Um, so they're they're keeping me busy uh, writing these things up, and it's just this time of year where I'm I'm getting all my content for these articles coming up, and getting just a ton of good pictures of my buddies and and me around the hills and just doing what we love to do, uh, chasing animals. And it's it's never easy. It's always more difficult than you think when you get there. Um, but that's part of the fun is the is the challenge. And uh, so we're just embracing the challenge and embracing the struggle and and out trying to get into them so um, just super fun I'm gonna do this this hunt with my buddy Robin and and uh, we're gonna backpack into a couple spots and then uh, I'm gonna go on my elk hunt here uh, the 22nd of September uh, to the 2nd of October and uh, I got that same cameraman I had last year Dalton and we're gonna try to capture the hunt and try to go for a, a good bull God, I'd love to. I'd love to kill a bull three twenty or better. And so, um, yeah, we're just gonna hit the hills and and keep putting the miles on. And body feels good, and and uh, get work taken care of. But gosh, just that fun time of year. So I, I hope you guys are getting some adventures out in the field and and. Uh, hope you guys are, are bending those limbs back as well I know I've seen some photos come across and some guys have messaged me with with some success they've had and so just so happy for you guys uh out there working hard and and uh, gathering information and then getting chances at these at these animals and and being able to put a good arrow into them so congratulations to you guys and keep the messages coming I just love seeing them I love seeing you guys be successful on on good critters and and uh just that fun time of year. I'm just, uh, going to get back out. I'm loading up the backpack here as soon as I get done with this and, and headed in the mountains and hopefully get into some more rutting action. It's been just a, a little bit slow around here. The, uh, Ryan was telling me the bulls are still bachelor herded up. And, uh, that bull I found the other day, he was rutting those cows pretty good, but, um, he, he didn't bugle once, uh, not in the night walking up there, not in the morning chasing them. And so, uh, like to see some more rutting activity, but it sounds like we got a little weather change coming a little cold and and uh, a little bit of rain, some moisture so hopefully that'll knock down the smoke here and and uh, get these bulls fired up and rutting hard and and uh, we can get robbing that bowl and again, just thinking about my buddy Sean there in Hawaii and and him healing up. I uh, just feel for him and his family and we're all pulling for him and and uh, hopefully just, Keeps continuing to to recover and get better. Um, Be safe out there, guys. I mean, things can happen. And, you know, I don't know if it was the dehydration because Sean's hunted some tough hunts and he hunts in Hawaii nonstop. So it's like some other factors, contributing factors that are going on or something really weird uh, with his body. but he's in good care there. They, they flew him to the big hospital, uh, I believe on Oahu. And, um, uh, so, so he is recovering and, and we're just pulling for him and, and thinking about him nonstop and, and, um, uh, for him and his family and, and just hoping he makes a, a speedy recovery here. So he's in my thoughts as well. Um, that's the episode, guys. Uh, thanks a bunch for all the support. Sure appreciated on social media, the downloads, the the iTunes review. Uh, we really got this this sound dialed in. I feel good about that. God, that was bugging me when I I couldn't get that consistent good audio quality I was looking for. But um, through YouTube's and hours of research and and talking to different sound people, and Eastmans have helped me out. I think I'm finally dialed in on on both my Skype recordings and my live recordings. So. Gosh, it's just like a weight off my shoulders to make sure that I'm getting out quality audio to you guys, and, and I just want to continue to get you the best content out there to, to make you a better hunter and, and to get you fired up and motivated to be out in the hills, and so uh, keep hunting hard, guys, and, and uh, make sure to send me a picture if you guys are successful out there, and, and I'll check in with you guys next week.